All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Daily Faceoff Podcast comes courtesy of the Nation Network. Here's your host, Brock Segan, with Dylan D. Berthium and Michael Biebs Bondi. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 5, Episode 3 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast. How about that fire new intro, boys? It's uh, nostalgic. Not too bad. Remember NHL 96? <laughs> Biebs really liked it. I loved it. I absolutely <laughs> It just gets you going, gets gets the body jiggling a bit, gets you cutting shapes. It's great. It's phenomenal. It's a little bit shorter than the old one too, and yeah, even if it says our names even now if it's too, not, so that's I, nice. Yeah, it's a nice touch. <laughs> My name's pronounced correctly. You guys are actually in it. Yeah, but We're let us know. Yeah. Let us know what you think of it. Yeah. you guys like it. It's kind of like a pilot project. Yeah, <laughs> we, we might change it every week. Might yeah, be a different nostalgic we'll song just, every single. Be week. a lot of yeah. work. But... Brock's uh, Brock, <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> Brock's fiance did did the voiceover, so uh, we have her on disposal. So worst case, we just keep going over top. Yeah, of, she uh, she messaged or she asked me right after. She's like, hey, like, when do I get my check? I'm like, Beebs and D have been waiting for their checks for five years, <laughs> so you got to get in line for a minute. It's all right. Only like 1,500 days. It's all good. We'll get there. <laughs> but uh, it's all right, an investment. Boys, we're gonna talk about uh, left wingers today. Um, we kind of got pushed back a couple of days, which isn't really a surprise. We're not going to talk about, about why, because it was a bad event in sports. Yeah, we're not going to even go there. Yeah. Uh, so let's dive Just right in. A collapse le- happened. Let's dive right into our top 10 left wingers. Uh, D, we'll start with you this week. Uh, go one through three, uh, your top left wingers. L-dubs. Yeah, I got Ovechkin at one, obviously. Uh, That's stunning. Super safe bet to be over a point per game again this season, or at least 
uh, right around it. And you know the goal scoring is going to be there. He just shoots way too much and has way too good of a shot to not be uh, a 40-goal scorer if he's healthy. So uh, I think Ovi is uh, you know far and away the top left winger. Um, and then I got Dreisaitl at two. Dreisaitl broke out uh, pretty hard last year. He posted career highs in goals, assists, and shots on goal. Uh, last year he shot 21.6%. Uh, obviously that's a red flag. Probably not going to get back to 50 goals without finding a way to get more pucks on net. Uh, but you know, even saw that drop off, we're talking about falling back to around a 40 goal, 85, 90 point pace, uh, for the upcoming season. So, uh, incredible production there. Uh, another guy with just a rock solid floor. And then we saw what his ceiling was last, uh, last yeah. season. Wow. Did you see what he said? Like today, I think he was just like, I don't even care if I score only 20 goals and we make the playoffs, I'll be so happy. <laughs> <laughs> just doesn't care. I think just, every, just, every say, fan does someone have to break him? it to him that he's probably gonna have to put up a 40 spot for them to make it. Yeah. Like even 50, they didn't even yeah, come close last yeah. year. Uh, who do you got number three there? I, I got Martian at D's three. I just player. think he's a, just a little bit more consistent and a little bit more reliable than the guys I got below him. Uh, yeah, I'm not even going to really talk too much on it because my top three is the exact same. Samesies. Um, oh, you got the same one? So oh, hell yeah. We don't need to dive into it too much. Uh, no. Just like last week, though, I'm going to quickly give uh, the DFO projections for these guys, uh, which you can find uh, live right now on DFO. Uh, right when you go to the website, hit me. You've got uh, the draft kit right on the homepage, and then that'll take you. There's about 95 links in there to all different spots. Uh, we got projections for over 300 players. Uh, obviously, we've got our projected line combos. Me and Dylan have been banging out uh, team previews, which inside banging them out, which in, yeah, inside includes like kind of a just a breakdown of all the fantasy relevant players. Basically, anybody ranked in our top three hundred, we talk about in depth in there. Tons of other stuff, rankings, cheat sheets, all that stuff. Uh, DailyFaceOff.com. Get ready for your draft. On top of that, all of our podcasts are in there as well. So. Um, if you missed last week's episode, go, you can go find that there pretty easily. Listen so, to the podcast while you read, read the article. Yeah. Oh my God. Double just, whammy. Just so much information. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Ovechkin number one, Welcome. 47 goals, 39 assists for 86 points. Uh, that 47 goals for me, uh, in my projections is the rocket Richard winner. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl, bit of a step Bold back. I don't think we Obi, can. Yeah, I don't think we could really realistically expect him to score fifty again this year. Uh, but I got him pegged for thirty nine goals and fifty six assists. Another 50, 95 point season for Leon. Obviously, uh, playing with McDavid. Helps yeah, I had two hundred thirty one shots last year, so still room to grow in that yeah, regard. For sure. So and then Brad Marsh on thirty eight goals, fifty six assists uh, for ninety four points. So basically the same point total as Leon, just one less goal. Uh, both play on pretty good lines. D- uh, Beebs, we'll go to you now. Who do you got four through six? Maybe we'll get a little bit of differentiation. All here. I have to say first about one through three is for Ovi. I had written, Ovi is Ovi. <laughs> so classic. Uh, a classic Beebs breakdown. But um, <laughs> no, that one presents itself. But for me at number four, I got uh, everyone's favorite little guy, Johnny Goudreau out in Calgary. Um, he was one point off of 100 last year. You hate to see it. You hate to see a guy end at 99, but it happens. Um, happened to McKinnon too, yeah, bud. McKinnon as well. It's okay. Um, but he is, you know, just outside of the Brad Marchand range of line dominancy. Um, it's just basically their line's a little bit worse than Boston one, which is not saying much as that's basically one of the best lines, not one of its top two line in hockey, I believe. Um, for me, Goudreau is, you know what you're getting. Um, he's a point machine, almost like Patrick Kane round two, but just for Calgary, he's going to get you, you know, 30, 60, that's my predictions, and that's not even bold. I do expect him to get over that 100-point plateau this year. 
They were up there in goals last year. They did kind of pop off their top six. We saw Matthew Kachuk have a blown up year, not even playing with Goudreau. Um, so as a whole, as a whole, um, if this team can kind of sustain what they did last year, which you know I, I do believe they can, it's not like they lost a ton of offensive pieces. Goudreau can yet again have a hundred point year, and a hundred point has him as my number four, easy. Number five, I got the bread man, Artemi Panarin, eighty-seven point year. Um, get this man some stability with Mika Zibanejad, and I think that we could have something special here, boys. Um, it's uh, he's just so talented. He's absolutely killed it everywhere he's gone, and every season that Panarin's played in, he's gone up in points. I mean, it's only going to happen, right? He's it's, never it's just, finished outside the top twenty in points. It's just wild um, through like in any season of his career. He yet, probably so. has a clause in his contract. If he does, he goes back to the K. So it's like he's <laughs> just playing twenty first league life. in points. I'm gone. Yeah. So uh, Panarin's going to get all types of opportunities out there on a team that uh, that's going to be extremely interesting with a bunch of young. We young talked players. about Spanish a lot last last episode, and like I just cannot wait to watch oh, these man. two play together. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be the amount imagine, of speed like, and just like put Kako up there too, like the way Kako's looked so far, yeah. like in uh, you know the brief time we've seen him it uh, could easily happen uniform, too. he scored some dirty goals and like the three of them could just be insanely good absolutely yeah no um and that's kind of you know what's exciting about out there and we saw them lean heavily on on one or two lines last year at times it's not like they're gonna it was because they didn't have much but at the same time um well, some Zibanejad coaches had, aren't willing to do that yeah, um, Zibanejad had a great year with like, chris Kreider on yeah. the left side the whole time like now you had Panarin, you know, no offense to Chris Kreider, but Panarin's just a significantly Phenomenal, better offensive man. player. Panarin will give you 10 goals just from his stick, where he's going to just hand them to you. So I love it. I think Zibanejad's a guy who we haven't even talked enough about, but who is going to have a great year, going to be drafted a lot later than he should be. But we're talking about lefties. Number six, we have ourselves. Brock, hit the button. Winds are alert. Winds are alert. Taylor Hall. Um, let's just forget about last year. I think everyone has. He didn't even necessarily have last year. <laughs> the year before, he was an MVP candidate. He won the MVP, actually, mm-hmm. um, basically putting the whole New Jersey team on his back. Well, guess what? He has a lot better team on it, to put on his back this year, and that's why I like him at six. Um, I don't think he's quite the talent that Panarin is as far as putting up points, but it's a guy who had 93 points um, the year before. He's got Heesha ready to just bust out yep. around him. Um, we got Gustav out there who could be a Another breakout. Is that how you say his name? Gusev. Yeah. Gusev. There we go. My yeah, apologies. you just added a T. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we got we, Simon. We got we got um, you know Kyle Palmer. He's a nice face that Taylor Hall has succeeded with before. If yep. we put him up there, a nice feature. face. So um, for me, I just I think that Hall's going to come back. He's taken that break. They clearly weren't rushing him last year. I believe he actually probably was healthy enough to play by year's end, but they weren't playing for anything. He's so, just um, breaking news right now. Yeah, uh, that's just my bold prediction. <laughs> but uh, Taylor Hall, number six for me, but I've been talking for a while, boys. Um, my vocal yeah, cords no, hurt. Uh, I'll go next just because I have the exact same four through six. Uh, Johnny Gaudreau, 31 goals, 58 assists for 89 points. Panarin, 31 goals, 54 assists for 85 points. And Taylor Hall, 29 goals, 47 assists for 76 points. Uh, the only reason Taylor Hall's projection is that low, uh, you know, I just can't uh, reasonably expect taylor hall to play full 82 game season um he's had durability issues before last year wasn't like a huge surprise obviously you didn't, you didn't expect him to miss 51 games yeah well he but, could have been back a lot sooner yeah too. so yeah. it's just uh you know i think if you could guarantee me that taylor hall plays 82 games uh to me he would probably be number four on yeah. this list but i just you know gaudreau for as small as he is he's been healthy his whole career Panarin's the exact same. Power play I just think there's more stability with those two. Um, 
Yeah. But I think Taylor Hall comes at it, you know, you'll get him at a little bit of a discounted price, and it makes him a phenomenal pick this year. Do he you might be think, one of, like, uh, if you can get him as a sixth best left winger, I absolutely love it. You but think just, across 82, he puts up the same amount as, say, Panarin? Yeah, I, oh, or, yeah. I think if he plays 82, he could break He could break 90. Uh, he could yeah. push. But we're talking know, 90. I think guys. it, yeah. I, don't, yeah, I, I think say, it's like. That's why I have him back. Just I just don't think. Yeah. I think I just, we're talking hundreds with, with the four and five, and I think we're putting. I got Hall as a 90 point, which is. Well, I just, I mean, Panarin's never really. Panarin's never broken 90 either. Yeah. Uh, Goudreau, obviously, last year was crazy. I think he'll come back down to earth a little bit. Um, but, I, you know, if, if Goudreau can get 90, or sorry, 100 in an 82-game season, yeah, I think I Taylor think, Hall reasonably could as well. It's just he doesn't play 82. Yeah, all three of them, I, I think if they played a full season, their production would be right in the, the same range. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, the other guys just had more stability, obviously. So you got to drop Hall down a little bit. I have the same as you guys, four, five, six. Um, yeah, not much more to say. Yeah. Uh, I'll go seven through 10 here at uh, seven. This is probably where we're going to get a lot yep. different. So, uh, seven, I've got Jonathan Huberto, no, we're not. uh, projected at seven or 28 <laughs> goals, 55 assists, 83 points. Uh, Huberto, uh, plays primarily with Barkov and Dadanoff. They play a ton of minutes in Florida. Uh, we talked about it a lot last week about how the Panthers only got better this offseason, but they didn't need, you know, it doesn't really matter the, the change that they made. That top line is going to remain the same. They're yep. going to remain gonna dominant. He's, he's big. He's a great playmaker, and that trio together has been, um, you know, phenomenal. Uh, I think, though, the one Nasty. thing that's crazy about this is I was looking before, uh, his ADP is so, so, so low. So we're talking about a guy that I have as number seven left winger, um, and you're going to get way later. So Huberto could be a steal on draft day. Uh, if you know you're not drafting with other people using the DFO top 300, uh, number eight, I got Jake Gensel. I have him projected for 36 goals, 36 assists, 72 points. You know, last year, uh, everybody bumped him up a little bit, and he was amazing. He performed. So now he's bumped yeah. all the way up this year. Uh, One of the more he, he, unspoken about uh, 40 goal guys, I think. Out yeah, there. and just like he plays with Crosby. I mean, what more can you say? Uh, you know, I'm kind of going to steal a steal line from B. Here. It's like he's Sidney Crosby, and if you're playing with him, we've seen, you know, him make Pascal Dupuis an elite fantasy. Yeah, and I, obviously with time, with so. Kessel gone, it opens Chris up Gannis. a spot exactly. on the first and unit for Gensel, which he's never had. So and that, yeah. that just elevates his stock. Yeah, even yeah Gensel, more. you know, he shot a little bit high. Well, he you shot think high Gensel last gets year. 50? Uh, I don't know. He shot 17% last year. He's career 16.3. It, it's still tough to do year in year out. Um, but I, I, I'd imagine he gets so back massive. to 40 because yeah. I do think the shooting percentages has come down a little bit. Should uh, be offset with some power. And play. he already played. Yeah, he played a ton last year. Already 19 minutes, but just no first unit power play time. So I, I think that'll be enough to keep him around 40 goals. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, number nine, I have Claude Giroux. Uh, 25 goals, 59 assists for 84 points for Claude. Uh, you know, he's kind of had a resurgence after moving to the wing. Uh, him and Katria have really turned into a, a dynamic duo for Philadelphia. Uh, Travis Konechny, if they get him under contract, usually plays on the right side there. Giroux's just production throughout his career has been, you know, so steady. He had a couple of lulls there, but uh, the last couple of years have just been fantastic. He's uh, not leaned on quite as heavily as he was as a center, and it's it's really helped his game. Um, so he's just a guy that he's not a sexy pick at this point in his career, but he's reliable. Um, you know, kind of a bottom tier, uh, bottom number one tier, uh, fancy left winger. So uh, I have him at nine. Number ten, I have Alex DeBrincat. Uh, projected for 38 goals, 32 assists for 70 points. Uh, DeBrincat really uh, is a guy that could be any fall anywhere between like 10 and 14 uh, at, at right wing. But I think his just 
seemingly steady goal production yeah. is really what boosts How him. exciting is having him and Jake Gensel? I find I'm almost in like the same goal scoring range where it's like both these guys are just elite goal scorers can seem to put the puck in the net at any time they want. It's just a matter of, you know, will they jump up? More. Yeah, Debrinkat's just like, I mean, he's crazy. I've said it always. He's the best goal scoring junior player I ever witnessed. And now it's just, it's it's absolutely translating. It's it's, it's wild. Yeah, he's he's been fantastic yeah. through a couple of seasons in the NHL. I, I think there's spots. still room for him to grow. Uh, whether or not Patrick Kane ends up being the third person on that line remains to be seen. It could be Taves and Kane on the top line. Who knows? Uh, but like regardless, they have enough talent out there where he could push for 40 goals this year. And to me, uh, any guy that's got a shot at 40 is deserving of being in my top 10. Yeah, so. I think they'll. I think they'll have him with Strom to start the year. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like Strom is. Is it going to be Strom? Either way, that elite Kane, power play is going. Gonna be with Taze? Yeah, I, I think know. just with how, the, like, what they did most of the time when after Colton took over, and uh, you know what they're most consistent with was Taves, Kane, and yeah. then Strom to bring cat. So yeah. I think that's how at least how they'll start for sure. And that's what we talked um, about last week. Yeah, so. and all four of them will be on the top unit, which was so good last year. Uh, mine really similar. I have Giroux ahead of Huberto and Gunsel. Uh, I have Drew at seven. I just trust his production a little bit more than the other two, but I do have Huberto right behind him. Uh, and, you know, I could certainly understand if you'd rather go Huberto than Drew at this point in Claude's career. Um, the coaching change has me a little bit worried in Florida just because Bugner was pretty much like the, the dream fantasy coach. He just lied up, relied on his top six uh, and leaned on them so heavily. Love yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it made like, what, six legitimate, uh, you know, top 100 uh, players out of that team last year seven mm-hmm. even maybe so uh i just i don't know quenville uh likes to basically or generally have a more balanced approach uh to how he lots his ice time so i think that's just a slight concern that could cut into hubertos production a little bit uh but i like him a lot i, I think after Giroux, he's the only one that i feel really confident about getting to 80 points uh so he was a no-brainer to put in there at number eight gensel at nine same thing yeah just the shooting percentage a little bit of a concern uh but i expect that to kind of be balanced out by the increased power play time to bring cat uh i'd have him higher i just think there's a you know, I, I do think he's going to shoot more this year, uh, but I think Patrick Line is the cautionary tale here when, when a guy who just comes in uh, and rips it up and shoots 17, 18% his first couple of seasons. Because Line, he finished last year at like 12%, right? Like it wasn't anything that, that was even yeah, below average. Jeans, but yeah. yeah, but you see the drop off when you're used to relying on such an elite shooting percentage. Uh, I think DeBrincat's going to score more, but if he has, you know ends up shooting, you know, has an off season in that regard and shoots somewhere around 10%, I, I, I think, you know, uh, he could be really overdrafted this year i just he's going top 40 right now he's just not the most comfortable top 40 pick for me he's like 41 ADP. I, I don't disagree with you because he was uh very close and we'll get to our breakout sleepers and busts at the yeah. position later in the show he was very close to being my bus pick yeah um but i you'd love to have him but i just i to me you know, to me my I, four I did scoring sh- option on my team i'd be a little worried yeah, I didn't trust him last year, and he burned me. Um, I didn't yeah. get him in any leagues because I didn't trust him, um, and he burned me. So this year, I'm going to put a little bit more faith in it. Maybe he'll burn me again, and maybe catch just one of those players that I just can't, you know, get a firm grasp on. But um, I just I think he's still like even if his shot shooting percentage decreases, his shot volume has a chance to go up. I just think he's a pretty safe bet for 35. Yeah. 
which is saying a lot. I mean, like whether, but the difference between 35 and 38 and 40 is a huge difference. Yeah, especially when you're only tossing in yeah. 30 apples. When we're talking exactly. top 10, too. Exactly. And, he, and his assist production yeah. has not really been that. I have him just above Gabe. I almost put Gabe in in there at number 10. I wish Gabe uh, even cracked my top 10. Yeah, I, I tried. just. I tried. Yeah. I think there's it's just crazy. so much more upside with yeah. DeBrincat, obviously. It's just crazy, too, though, like, because he didn't make my top 10. He didn't make, well, Beebs will get to the rest of yours in a second here, but. It's crazy how we just talk about how elite that for, that first line in Colorado is, and how like McKinnon and Randon are both first round locks this year. And Landis called like his production's great, but it's just like it's not even role. enough to. Cra- I know it's yeah. just so crazy that just even by being on that line, he can't just like crack the tenth spot yeah. in any of our list. I mean, and maybe this I think year it he- also speaks to how strong left wings are too. Because it's like, pretty top heavy. As a guy, as a guy, put <laughs> up, uh, yeah, yeah. At that point, yeah, he put up seventy four points last year, and I mean, he's probably not even if he puts up. I expect like 65 this year. <laughs> That's a great season from Landis Cog. But the reason I don't have him in my top 10 is because I have him in my top 7. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> number 7, I have Jonathan Huberto. Um, not much more I could say about this guy that Brockton in. Um, Andy, I guess. But uh, but I love Huberto. I think he's someone who a lot of people look over. They don't realize, you know, this guy put up 92 points last year. Phenomenal. Um, yeah. Can see him getting over the 100-point plateau. If scoring stays up like it did last year, that's a huge if. We could go back to Jamie Benzier of 94, I believe it was, when he led the league in scoring. Um, that could easily happen. I think it was under 90. Yeah, 89 maybe. You could yeah. be right. But um, for Huberto, for me, he's just uh, he's, he's a player that I think you can grab as your third or fourth um, forward, yeah. and he could have the talent and put up the points being yeah. almost your best. Your, yeah, your and forward. the last time we saw a major spike in scoring like we did last season was after the first lockout, right? Juiced books. Uh, uh, yeah, maybe, but they... Uh, yeah, no, the lockout, <laughs> the lockout was when they really started cutting down on the stick infractions, right? And there yeah, was so exactly. many extra hooking and tripping penalties. And it's not like they laid off calling them, but the players adjusted it. And, you know, towards the end of that year and years moving forward. Um, and I wonder if the same thing's going to happen this year with the goalie equipment. Uh, I, I feel like over time it's, you know, the it's going to get mitigated a little bit. But I hope not because last year was a lot of fun to watch. I, I like it when the goalie's Down for goals. Good. Yeah. Who's yeah. not down big, for goals? The, big goal guy. Let's make the nets a little bit bigger, yeah. you know? Um, speaking of goals, though, uh, Jake Goals Gensel, number eight for me. Um, Jake Goals Gensel. What a nickname. <laughs> yeah, not bad, eh? Jake and Bake. But, um... <laughs> This is a guy where it's just strictly, I have him here above DeBrincat. Yeah, that's right. I got clawed at 10. But I'm above DeBrincat due to, um, I have them kind of as almost the same style of player. They're both going to give you, both gave you 40 and 35 last year. Um, I think about Gensel, and we kind of breezed over it there. He hadn't touched that top power play now. Now that he is, that boosts him up. I think, that, like honestly though, like uh, we did, uh, we didn't really breeze over it, but we to put did a little bit because it's without, like that yeah, could be massive, just man. insane for him this to year. To put forty goals up on the second pair is like just ridiculous, and to it, not even yeah, no, I yeah, but know. like he just, I don't know, like that could be such a difference. He could almost go he, top six here. Jump. To it's it. just like it is hard to envision him scoring more than forty. Yeah. But forty <laughs> is like just, that's just, yeah. but like if he if he it's also replicates that forty is insane. Yeah. But like we haven't that, given that him this chance is, yet. That's what I love is is even though we got nineteen last year, it seems like this is his biggest chance to flourish. And I think that's where he's above Debrinkat. I think we kind of saw Debrinkat at his uh, his most usage last year. Well, like in, I don't think that Chicago power play can get any better. There's no way. Yeah, the second half not. weren't they clicking at like thirty 
five percent. There was a, a stretch like from like 40%. basically after Calden took like was like two or three weeks in, and he put Gustafson on the first unit and kind of implemented his systems. And uh, yeah, they they were above thirty percent for like a good two months stretch. Yeah, I remember we were writing stuff or like like DFS stuff, and it's just like, yeah, this is power play. You should probably just play Chicago until this power play. Yeah. Is well, you know, 35%. I always look. I always look for recent power play trends, right? Uh, for power play stacking, because it's hitting, uh, it's hitting. a lot. There's adjustments made all season yeah. long, right? I mean, that's what the video coaches are for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, there was like a, a three week stretch when they first started getting hot, where they were literally clicking at like forty nine percent over fifteen games. It was just ridiculous. But uh, yeah, speaking of that hot power play, I got a uh, yeah, I got the Brinks at nine here. This is a guy where I just, I mean. I did put a lot of stock into him last year, and I just sat back and reaped the hell out Complete of it. Complete opposite of me. It right? was phenomenal. Um, and honestly, he just felled me in drafts. That's all it was. It was I got to the point where it's Everybody like, and I think that as same boat as yeah, me. and I think that's not going to happen this year. You talked about he's going around forty-one ADP, and I agree. Don't don't reach on to Brinkat, but at the same time, I do think he can be one of those guys where he stays a healthy eighty-two. He's going to be a top goal scorer in this league year in year out. Um, we talked about it. That shooting percentage, seventeen percent on his career. That scares me, but at the same time, he is someone who, I'm going to put my foot down and say it, can sustain that. The guy is just a, such a pure goal scorer, um, and clearly something clicked once Strom came around. That's 76 points with a half season of Strom, too. I love how, like, cautious me and D are all the time. Like, I'm we're like, I don't know, but bud. you're always just like, Let's go, I love it. Yeah, there's, you have, you, well, we saw it with Line A last yeah, year, yeah. right? Just like, like, I like to even Ovi the one year, Ovi scored a, like 30. Like, I always tread lightly, and nope. then... Yeah. Put, Beebs always just no makes his stance and he owns it. I love, I love it. it. Yeah, I was going to say, you got to put gotta, my foot down. This guy's got to think. He's clearly, he's clearly going to be a, a prolific goal scorer for yes, like the yeah. next decade. You know what yeah. I mean? But I, I just, yeah, you got to be careful with where he's getting drafted right now. Yeah. And this is someone him. with just his size. It sounds ridiculous, but I could see him, you know, getting injured one of these years. He's yeah. just not huge. Um, he's still young. Yeah. But again, adjusting to the league. It's and, just, uh, it yeah. was, it was like the same thing with Line A. It's hard. And I mean, we all have him oh, ranked. It's, it's we all have him ranked yeah. accordingly, but all it's it hard to imagine. Yeah, yeah. And it's hard to imagine them taking a step forward, right? Like where does his production go from here when he's already shooting 18 A couple more shots on that would be great. Right. Um, but it's like, are you really going to shoot 20% if you up it to 300 shots? Like, but. Stamkos yeah, did it but once. Seven, but seven—I mean, at seventeen, his career average. Yeah. after it's just not likely, right? Which is why we have him ranked accordingly, yeah. and I think we have him ranked a lot lower than where he's going yeah. right now. And obviously, we all still love him and would love to have him on our teams. Uh, but it, you know, it's all about the price. But yeah, as I mentioned, Strom was only there a half year. Once Strom came, he really flourished. Those two guys um, blew up, and uh, and Strom's there a full year this year. Um, clearly comfortable. Number ten, though, Claude Giroux. Uh, he shot 9.6% last year. That's a tough scene. He's got a, He's definitely going to improve that. I don't see that happening. Um, not happening. Apologies. Um, but he's just one year off of a 102-point season. This is a guy who has proven he 102 can. Point 102 point I was just thinking, uh, I don't know why. I was like radio saying 102.1. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I thought you were That was like the most unexpected 100-point season of all exactly, time. Exactly, yeah. I don't see that happening. I would have left I mean, you. if he goes anywhere, he's probably about a 90-point player on, I, it, on, on his Yeah, I guess it was the same that as Kopitar that year, too. Right? Kopitar had like 90, oh, whatever. Wild, yeah. After like three straight 60-point seasons. We're yeah. like, what are you doing? And then <laughs> just came crashing back down to earth. He's still a monster. Claude's just a 200-shot guy every year. He does it. We know what we're getting. 31 years old. Um, nothing's going to change. That's why I got him at 10. Um, I just I like those two other goal scorers in front of him. But, uh, but I think realistically... With any of these top ten, you're getting as we talked about, it is a very top heavy left wing. He was uh, he was terrible when he had to play center last year, and <sighs> I just don't brutal. think that's going to happen at all this They're year just, with the Hayes. Well, especially center. now that they've got it would take like a Hayes and a Patrick injury, right? Yeah. Like he's not going to move to second line center. Just no. he's not one injury away from playing second line center. He Thank played God. a lot of time at center last year, and he yeah. sucked. And like Morgan Frost could make <laughs> just, the team yeah. too and give him another center. Yeah. 
I just I he's just like you know he's like Melo or Kobe at the end of it, just overplaying defense. He's like nah, no, I'm good. Uh, I just want to point I'll out that before we move on to our <laughs> left wing breakouts, uh, Jonathan Huberto, current ADP sixty five point two. Too late. Uh, no shit. 43 for Alex DeBrincat. So Too we early. all had Huberdo above DeBrincat, and he's going a full 20 spots later. So basically, um, what we're saying is let Huberdo drop a few rounds in your draft. Well, yeah, you're I mean, still going to get him. No, I'm kidding. If you're gonna, yeah, no, just go ahead and get your guys. So absolutely. worth it. Get your guys always. So let's move around, move along, sorry, to our breakout left wings. Move D, we'll have it. We haven't Same heard from you in a minute here. So let's go back to you, breakout lefty. I got Brady TK, Brady Kachuk. Uh, you know, I think this is one of the more obvious ones for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is, you know, it, it just feels like we could see it coming from a mile away. He had 214 shots on goal last year in 71 games as a 19-year-old rookie. Uh, played just 16 minutes a night. That's almost certain to go up this year. Uh, he should be heavily featured on the man advantage as well. Uh, I, I just think he's going to fly past the 45 points he put up last season. I think a 30-30 season is well within reach. Uh I think the sky's the limit for him. I think they're going to let him loose. They have no reason not to. Uh, and I think he's the guy who can handle playing heavy minutes at both ends of the ice. And, you know, they don't need to look any further than his brother to <laughs> to at least, you know, have faith in, in, in trying that out. He's obviously a very smart hockey player too. Um, so, yeah. I, I just, exciting family. I yeah. Love it. Yeah. I, love I mean, there's just going to be so awesome. much opportunity yeah. for him this year. Obviously, yeah. the centers are going to be terrible. Uh, but I think he was just due for taking natural stuff. White should be great forward. together on that top yeah. line, though. Yeah, Colin White was good enough. Yeah, if they end White's up good enough. Bathurst breakout. End up having Batherson on that line too. Nah. Like it, that could be an exciting line. Might be the only reason to tune. And then you got Shabbat on the back end. Maybe Branstrom. There might be you know five no, players worth turning into yeah. or tuning into. They're like three years season. away of making one run to the conference finals and then losing all the players the free agency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't even, yeah, maybe eight years away, but we'll, we've yeah. got, uh, and we're talking breakout, <laughs> not even friendly. sleepers and Brady Kachuk right now, average draft position, 152.5. So this is a guy you can get in the middle of the 13th round. And yeah, I, there's just no competition. And we talked about it and we talked about it a lot. We love it. Just like there's, there's no competition for ice time. And he's going to play 19 minutes a night. Like the, you have, if you're playing 19 minutes a night, you have to put, put a points. Like you just have to. Yeah. Duchesne was insane in Ottawa last year and they were awful. And he's already proven that he can get the puck on net, you know, at a pretty elite rate. Uh, Year so, two is huge for some guys too. It's a big jump, and he's nineteen. Yeah, exactly. Did that That's as a nineteen-year-old. Yeah. And and I mean, I, I I bring it up a lot, but size means a lot. The kids just growing as he as he adapts more into the, into the game. He's gonna just get better, um, mm-hmm. and we're gonna see it all come together. I, mm-hmm. I, I yeah, like I thought that. it was the most obvious. One Love going sure. with the with the young gun, my guy. Nino Niederreiter. Nino. Shocker. Here we go again. Never uh, heard about this guy on the it's podcast. It's the preseason, and I'm hyping Nino. What else is new? Um, but this time, it's 100%. <laughs> After being traded to Carolina. What was it last fi- time? Like, 98? Fi- I don't know. <laughs> traded to Carolina, who finally gave him the ice time he deserved. Uh, he played 18-17 average time on ice versus 14-37 when he was in Minnesota. Uh, Niederreiter had 30 points, 14 goals, 16 assists in 36 games. Uh, if you extrapolate those numbers over 82 games, you get 32 goals and 36 assists. Yep. Put that um, on my squad. As we've stated many times before, Nino is an analytics darling, uh, and he's legit just the perfect Carolina Hurricane. Um, he went to Carolina, had a 58.9 Corsi 4 percentage, and was a plus 6.5 relative Corsi on the second best possession team in the NHL. Ridiculous. Um, none of Niederreiter's rates either were inflated, which is a huge factor, uh, especially if you listen to this podcast often. Um, so his second half stats are basically a 
basically raw data of what he can do with the Hurricanes uh, while playing on the top line with Sebastian Aho. I was all in before, so I'm definitely all in now. He's a 30-30 player in 2020. His ADP right now, 171.3. I have him ranked at 85. That's yeah. so ridiculously late. So go get you some Nino Nero. People are taking Brady felt, PK, yeah. 20 points before that, man. Yeah, it was really validating for us to watch that last year because we've literally... Like, play this guy more. T- give him more. I literally been calling his, for him to get yeah. first-line minutes his whole career. 14 minutes at yeah. 179, I want him on my team. Yeah, I mean, I think his career has like 57 yeah. points. He's going to destroy that. I honestly oh. think he can top 70 points if he plays yeah. the full so year with Aho the, uh, on the like, power play as well. you got Aho. You've got him if he plays 18 minutes play, tonight, You've got on the other side, maybe special call on the other side. It's insane. Dual wing, dual wing eligibility. I honestly think he's like the top sleeper. It's funny because we talked about so much of the year but it really is a cycle with need right? oh yes yeah. <laughs> every year it's and like we've come hey, full circle how cheap again. do you guys think he's gonna be on dk hearst night we're gonna be able to steal him for like hopefully 3500 yeah sometimes they're thank on you it. sometimes even if he's like 4200 give me that other times they put keith yandel at <laughs> 2500 <laughs> and then i, t- I tweet about <laughs> it people yell at me night. like other people weren't gonna notice you idiots um but who's here are your breakout candidate there beeps easy i got jt the thriller miller out in <laughs> vancouver i'm making up nicknames left and right today but that's all right i think we definitely have to make a shirt f- for this podcast it's just, just says goals gensel jake goals gensel jake goals gensel i like that one <laughs> not a, yeah it's better um i still love jake and bake either way uh jt the thriller miller he's gonna bring the thrills to vancouver this year boys um he was always kind of a what-if in Tampa. It's the guy we saw, I, I don't know, a couple years ago make the North American squad when they had the World Hockey Championships. And a lot of people going like, what? JT Miller's, for one, young enough to be on there. And for two, what? He's good enough? But he actually was. Uh, he was someone who was kind of breaking out in New York before he got uh, before he got picked up by Tampa and just tossed into their ridiculous, let's just call it top 12. We're just going to call the whole top 12 ridiculous. But regardless, he was about their ninth or 10th forward. And... This is uh, after having a 56-point year in New York in 1617. On he had hear this, boys. 22 goals, 56 points on 132 shots. So I feel like that shooting percentage was a little bit escalated. But after only 108 shots last year and 13 goals, um, all it's going to take for this guy is a little bit of ice time, a little bit of shots on net, and we could easily see a duplicate of that 56-point year, if not better, which I do expect better. And uh, as I've talked about, bottom roster guys on my team I want are about 55-point guys. So if I get 60 out of Miller, I think you're going to be able to get him at the end of drafts. He's going to be used like, oh, it's going to be ridiculous. Just going to get worn I, out in Vancouver, The thing about I think. him is that it doesn't really matter if he play, like, plays on the first or second line. Like Whether you play with Horvath or be whether great. you yeah. play with Pedersen, it's He's fine. in a good spot. He should see power play one time, too, and that's a team that should improve. I like Miller a lot this year, too. He only had 14 minutes ice last year, and that was uh, and it was 14 as their third line, so I believe he had a ton of defensive faceoffs. Yeah, I've um, got him projected for 21 goals and 33 assists, 54 points this year. and uh, I'll take that at the bottom of the roster. Yeah, I, I think it's a... I think it's a good spot for him. Um, I just, I don't really, I just don't really envision a a scenario where he's not playing top six minutes and producing with those two centers. And it's just a case of, you know, as we talk about guys being in the right position, and I think he's going to be... It's funny because he, like, finally became fantasy relevant, and then he goes to Tampa, and he played, like, half a season in the top six, and they're like, you're a fourth-line forward because we're fucking amazing. There was guys in keeper And then he just fell off the face of the earth. Yeah. And then now he's back to being relevant again. He was keeper consideration that after that 56-point year in New York because people are like, well, he's going to just move up the lineup. Like, where where can he go? And then even when he went to Tampa, people were like, oh, sweet, he's going to fill right in top whatever yeah and uh no here we are talking about him breaking out four years later 
three years later. Regardless, he's my guy. All right, let's take a break here. We're going to go to the Blue Stones. When we get back, we're going to talk about our sleeper left wings, our bus left wings, where me and Dylan will probably engage into a physical altercation over Jamie Benn. Um, and then we've also yeah, got... I'm holding both back. <laughs> and then Putting we've got Chris on. Abbott from our sponsor, Odd Shark, joining us at the end of money the show to talk about some prop bets uh, that he likes for you know certain left wingers this year. Um, Futures, my favorite. Yes, this is the Daily Face Off podcast brought to you by Odd Shark. Enjoy the Blue Stones. We'll see you back here in 60 seconds. Talking about sleepers, busts. I thought you were throwing gang signs. That's it. There, yeah, I don't know what he just showing throw, us. It's the third at throwing me off. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyways, D, we'll start with you. Who's your sleeper at the left wing position? Uh, I had Huberto. Uh, we already touched on Huberto a lot, so I'll be quick. I got a bunch of other guys we can uh, just mention briefly anyway. Uh, yeah, Brock, you talked about it. 14th left wing off the board in Yahoo right now. Stupid, uh, silly. I finally trust his goal scoring. He was able to up his shot volume to 226 shots last season. Shooting percentage on ice, both well within reason. Power play production could fall off a bit. The ice time, like I said, is a concern, but I still think he's a lock for 80 points if he's healthy. Uh, yeah, currently being drafted in the middle of the fifth round. That's crazy. Uh, so I, I think he's one of the really obvious ones. A uh, bunch of other names here just to rattle off real quick. Kyle Connor, ADP yep. 105.8. Uh, Clayton Keller, 108. Jeff Skinner, 104. Nikolai Ehlers, I don't know if we're treating him as right wing or left wing. He's got dual eligibility, but he's 168th right now. He's a ADP. massive bounce back candidate yeah. for me. And um, uh, Nikita Gusev, 170. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about all those guys it's a little Nikita, bit. Nikita, right? Yeah. Cool. Um, don't, touch, Kyle Connor, don't touch Keller. I'll smack you. Oh, it's okay. Kyle Connor. Um, oh, my babe. Every time I talk, like I you know plugged That's him into the projection model, he was just they were just spitting out insane numbers for, for Connor because he's just been tremendous. Like he really has been great. How many teams are just waiting for them to like drop the ball on either him or Line A, and then they're just throwing offer sheets? Yeah, mostly at him, but I think they want. I want Kyle Connor to be a Red Wing so bad. Yeah. Well, the the, the move is you wait for them. Yeah. You wait for them to sign. One, one of them, yeah, exactly, and then, and then you pay over what they can, what they have left exactly in the cap. So. so they're hoping line A. Yeah. Well, Morrissey got you the sign got, today. You got, you yeah, got I thought that was good value for Morrissey value. for Phenomenal. for the length of the contract. Oof, yeah, dude, I wrote about him yeah. today. He, he, even this year, he gets to play at one like three point one five this year. That's like, gross. Such that might have value. saved them line A and Connor, I believe. They got to. Uh, See. They gotta, they gotta get line inside. But anyways, Connor, I haven't projected thirty-four goals, thirty-one assists. Uh, Connor's fantastic. Ehlers also same team, massive bounce back candidate. Especially like what happens if they can't sign both of them and Connor walks or something. Oh, or Connor Ehlers gets traded, and then Ehlers is I think he's first be line Nick. Anyways, we've always loved Ehlers. We're gonna continue to love Ehlers. Yeah, he played like fourteen minutes last yeah. year. Yeah. 
Uh, I have him at 26 Old goals, spit. 31 assists, 57 points. And you like then, Gusev? And then Gusev, I, I like I Gusev, love personally. Gusev. I, you know, yeah. honestly, and... With I'm, the minutes, I like Gusev. I was really Better numbers than Panarin's last year in the K. A couple and, years older. And though, I but. think he's someone where you can, like, you take a chance. If he doesn't work out, fuck, you're just throwing back into the wind. You're going to get him I thought the enough. price point was good yeah, for him. Yeah, you're going to get him late A couple mid-round guys, picks. You don't three get him picks. like that. Yeah. They come over and people are like, oh, my God. Like, even Panarin, you didn't get that cheapest for year because everyone was like, there was hype about him. Um, and then you've got, like, and uh, he was, what was, he was it? lining Shipa- up on the Taste Kane line. What was that stupid guy from Vegas? Shapachev? Yeah, you got it. Yeah, he was like, you got there. Drafting, like, the top. 100. Yeah. And then just like, never crazy. played a game. Like these yeah. guys come over and you don't get value. Gusev might be the, the best one, maybe mm-hmm. not parent level, but he's yeah. going to be pretty close. Um, yeah. And he's going 170. I got it projected for 18 goals, 45 assists, 63 points. The big knock is he plays behind Hall, right? Um, but, but you're going to get either he's sure or Hughes, you know, some question marks there, teams. but I got to imagine he's at least going to be around Hughes. I think there's question marks around Hughes as a fantasy asset. Hughes as a second line center in the NHL is going to be dynamite. Uh, yeah, and, and I just I, don't know if yeah. he's going to be dynamite right away. As a fantasy asset, I don't. Let's hold back. Yeah. Everybody else has been phenomenal it's except for Nolan Patrick. Has he sure been great the last two years? He hasn't been great. He's been a serviceable number two center that Gusev could definitely year, yes. play with. Yeah. Last yeah. year, you're solid yeah. this first yeah. year. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it'll be interesting. To, yeah, I think there's a lot of upside here. That's why I mentioned him, obviously. Uh, very, very balanced top nine, even top 12 group of forwards in New Jersey. Uh, so, I mean, Gusev's going to have to play well to warrant get ice time over guys like Blake Coleman and Miles Wood. So. I've got Gusev uh, ranked higher than you know proven guys. Obviously, he's later in his career, but like Max Pacioretty and something like that. so. I, I like at 170, Gusev's yeah. an absolute uh, absolutely, steal. yeah, yeah. No, I love it's it. Insane. I, yeah. That's why I mentioned it, right? But no, yeah, for sure. For Compared sure. to what you're gonna get at that. For point, sure. Give me some Gusev. Who's yeah. your sleeper there, Beebs? Um, D dropped his name, but Clayton the Killer Keller, <laughs> out in Arizona. My bad. No, I loved it. You just got the people warmed up. Yep. Got them thinking, oh, damn, that is a sick sleeper. Because it is like, a phenomenal sleeper. Feeling Thanks, good D. about it now. Gotcha, yeah, bro. the killer. Killer Keller. Um, I was going to talk about him more, but then you like physically threatened me. So yeah. I didn't. We had to pause the podcast. Yeah, so I then, said yeah. I'd slap you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so then I, I'll, I'll build off what you're about to say. I was going to say if you drop one more thing about Keller, people are just going to hear. Anyways, that's what he's going to do to... <laughs> Uh, the competition this year slap them nice but the coyotes i think are about to kind of shock the world even more than they did last year i think they're gonna be a very decent team this season <laughs> very decent i was waiting for the yeah, adjective yeah. <laughs> <laughs> had to build up it can't Heard too the but um, where's this going yeah decent? they were they were just a borderline playoff team last year and that was with someone named brad richardson leading yeah. them in goal scoring with 19 on the year we my guy ev- your yeah everyone's yeah. guy who doesn't like brad richardson but after a 23-goal, 42-assist rookie season, Clayton Keller came in last year definitely being drafted way higher than he ever should have been. Mm-hmm. And uh, he busted. He absolutely busted. He had the definition of a sophomore slump, putting up only 47 points. That's only a couple points off of a guy I want to roster. But I think at, at this point, I don't know what his ADP is, Brock. You had it there for a bit. Uh, 108. Yeah, 108.3. Okay, that's still. To be exact. Yeah, um, As of this afternoon. Ah. Uh, it's tough September to say the there's 12th. 107 guys that I would want before Clayton Keller. This is a guy who ha- easily has 70-point potential, if not 80 after that. I mean, he had a 65-point yeah. rookie season on a very weak team. I just really like yeah, where he's going right yeah, now because obviously the floor, very yeah. shaky, right? But Did the, I, the upside, and now he has a legitimate first-line uh, I didn't even mention the teammate. thrill. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's got Phil the Thrill out yeah. there. 
it's going to be massive for him. As a whole, we've talked about... Um, be interesting to see what that power play can do this year. Exactly, yeah. And, and I mean, it's going to be hard to see it being any worse, especially with, um, with you know, him taking another stride forward. They've got the right piece. They should be Schmaltz able to figure it healthy. out. So we'll see. Um, yeah, yeah. Schmaltz absolutely slayed it last year when he was healthy. Was a point-per-game player before he went down. Someone who, you know, with good health can yeah. absolutely help. Got Ollie on game. the back end. Yeah. Oh, OEL's looking at one. Um, they've committed him to... Hit, committed him for eight years, so you know they're gonna put him in the position to, to succeed. That's that guy. He'd only shot in ten percent in last in, um, in his in his crazy successful rookie season, so it's not like it's something you can't build off of. He shoots somewhere around twelve to thirteen percent. Has the same type of season. That's a thirty goal, forty two assist season. I love that shit. Give me Clayton Keller as my sleeper, because people are definitely gonna be sleeping on the Coyotes this year, and I think uh, it's a place to start. Yeah, I've got Keller uh, projected for 63 points, 23 goals, 40 assists. Uh, and I think that's pretty conservative, but I, I like it uh, because, you know, he has room to burn you still. And um, But I like Keller a lot this year, especially where he's being picked. Um, a big sleeper for me uh, this year is James Van Riemsdyk, a guy that I was, I've was i been high on in the past just because of his super consistent production year in and year out. Him too. He was, dude, he was one of the most... <laughs> Consistent goal scorers forever. Got hurt last year in his first year in uh, in Philadelphia, and then back in Philly. Yeah, back in Philly. Sorry, I got you. Um, but then he he was one of the hottest players down the stretch once he got back yeah, to full he, health. He I think he right scored up. like eleven goals in the final nineteen so games of the right season. Um, but right now his ADP is a hundred and still hot. A hundred and sixty one point six. Um, that's just ahead of Lawson Kraus. Uh, <laughs> what? So um, Ben Reams like a Why guy is that Lawson Kraus getting drafted. He's a guy that. He's just a guy that I think obviously parents gets are back playing to, a lot of public leagues. Fuck, guys. <laughs> but he's probably going to get back to uh, to 30 goals this year, I'd imagine. Probably, you know, 29 assists, 31 goals, we'll yes. say 60 points. So um, just a super Big good value uh, pick for me, Van Reems. Like, I mean, he's only a couple years removed from being amazing in Toronto. And yeah, yeah. Consistent, I mean, uh, consistent the one thing with him is he just does not get assists. Um, no. Yeah. Generally. He'll, but he's roughly even his best like a 30, year, 30 guy, usually. Yeah. Well, even which his, is fine. Yeah, I just... Like his best year in Toronto, he had 36 goals. His last year as a Maple Leaf, 18 assists. Yeah, well, yeah, that um, was a bit of a bizarre they need to sign year. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just mean it caps the ceiling, but I, I do, uh, I do agree that he's being like undervalued right now. For just sure. at 160. I think if he plays a full 82, he's a safe bet to get 30 goals, which you shouldn't really be able to draft at that point. Um, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and, but another sleeper of mine, um, and it all depends where you draft him, which league you're in, because if you draft him too early, obviously he's not much of a sleeper. Uh, but Jamie Ben. Oh. Uh, ben can be a sleeper. Like I said, if you draft him at the right ding, spot. Ding, ding. Um, That's the fighting Ben struggled voice. last year <laughs> due to his ice time dropping nearly a minute and a half per game. Uh, obviously, as a result, his shot volume suffered, and so did his goal total. However, when it came to crunch time in the playoffs, Ben was back up playing nearly 20 minutes per night. Uh, and that's probably what should happen in 2020. Uh, the Stars added this offseason, but mostly on the right wing. Um, they didn't do anything to bolster the left side, so he has very little, if any, competition for ice time this year. Uh, the boost in ice, t- the boost back up to his regular ice time uh, should, you know, be all he needs to get back over 200 shots, which will help him approach 30 goals again. As far as assists goes, he had just three power play assists last season after posting 14, 13, 13, 14, and 13. I mean, that's just about as fucking consistent as it gets uh, in the five previous seasons. Uh, a little more luck on the power play, and Ben can easily add 10 assists to his total of 26 last year, giving him 
uh, 36 assists, and like I said, should have no trouble getting back to 30 goals if he's playing 19 minutes a night with Tyler Segan and Alex Radulov. Um, probably yeah. not going to blow up for 80 points like he had in the past when he was a first-round pick, uh, but he's a definite bounce-back candidate. And if we're talking about leagues that include hits, which seemingly every standard league has yeah, now. Why are we uh, doing this, guys? He, yeah, he gets a boost there as well. But, I, you know, we don't really like to talk about banger leagues that much because I'm, you know, just not a big fan myself. Brock's not a banger. Uh, but, D, I know you have a trouble with this one because you have Jamie Ben as your bust. So let's hear your rebuttal. Love it. Uh, yeah, he was terrible last year. I don't think he's going to play that much with Sagan. I really don't think they're going to play a full 82 together, especially with Pavelski there now uh, and the emergence of Hints into a legitimate Rupe. top six forward. But Rupe's probably going to play center. And even if we're talking about a drop-off in ice time, he played one less minute than the year before and, and finished with almost 50 less shots. I think there was a real decline going on in his play. Uh, I just don't think there's a lot of upside here at this point in his career. He's being drafted 59th overall right now. Um yeah, it, I, I I just saw a lot of decline in his game last year, and I, I don't see it getting any better at this point in his career. Uh, I, you know, certainly he could have done better if he played with a full season with Sagan, and that's what he needed to do, the point-per-game pace he did for so many years. I just don't think that's going to happen again this I year. Don't, I don't I just, think you can rely on it. I just don't understand why they would move him down so often. I mean, like Montgomery made it clear that he likes to juggle mid-game, but he they started almost every single game together. And he did struggle last year, but in the uh, in the playoffs, he was back. I think he averaged 19.50 in the playoffs, and he had 10 points in 13 games. He was back to being Jamie Benn, uh, playing with Tyler Segan and playing with Radulov. And I just think the lack of power play production, three power play assists, that's crazy. Is, is insane. Like, I think so I could get low. three power play assists I think I, if I played on the no, number stop. one, I'm horrible at hockey. <laughs> and if I played on the number one power play unit in Dallas, just, I think I could... Pick up yeah. three assists. Pucks off of Brock's knees. If I only played three, three and a half minutes a game, strictly on the Dallas Stars top power play unit. Yeah, and there's no offside, so you have to get back across. <laughs> I I think I could probably pick up three power places. I support that. Just put you in front of the net. I think yeah, just you let could me too. get smashed. But like, I'm so, sticks pucks gonna go off me a little bit. But like, I'm just I honest like realistically, I don't know if that's actually a true like statement. I probably Sterling get of hockey just getting murdered, but yeah. left and right. But like three power play assists for a guy that's on the top unit for an entire season makes no sense whatsoever. He doesn't touch the puck. Like clearly, he's just playing net front at this point in his career. He's gotten a step too slow. I just, I think he's being drafted way too early. That's why I had him as a bust. And there's not a lot of obvious busts out there at the position. We were talking about it before the show. There is no obvious bust. I think the other. Would you take him top sixty? Like, would you really take him that early? You think he's the eleventh best left winger? I think I would because would you take him over Gabe? He has. Yeah, I would. Yeah, crazy. I think you're crazy. Ah, they I think have, it's a good they're, debate. They're I think you're both going to end up having the exact same. I wouldn't mind of either of them, be honest. Where, yeah, but. like the thing is, Ben is not going to get any worse than he was last year, and he has. I think he very easily gets back up above sixty-five points this year, yeah. and that's basically what we're talking about when you get to the eleventh, twelfth, thirteenth. That's all guys. I think if he's healthy, he'll grind out like a thirty thirty season, and he's just that's going what we're way talking too. About here. No, that's, we're not. Not like, at fifty ninth overall. Like you're not. Lance. You're getting Huberto eight picks after that right okay, now. No, yeah. You're getting we're Clayton talking. Keller fifty picks after. That Kyle Connor fifty picks, Ealers a hundred picks. If that's how the draft works out, one hundred and fifteen picks. That's how the draft works. That's out, what we're going off. Of. No, if that's how the draft works out, absolutely. But I'm talking about if my top seven or top ten go as planned. Like if Huberto is in that top, if Huberto goes seventh for me, then I you know I have no problem. If 
Huberto was at the on the board and Jamie Ben sitting there. Well, I've already stated that I would clearly take Huberto well above Jamie Ben. Hubie dooby. Like there's I, obviously guys going behind him that I bet you be. Brady Kachuk finishes with more points than Jamie Ben this year. That's a good one. Wow. Should we put a That's case a, of Bud Light on that let's one? Let's do it. Yeah. On that one. Put a case of Bud Light on I should probably be getting odds here, but does anyone so want to put a bet on Jamie Beach Jordan points? Speaking, <laughs> speaking of Kachuk. <laughs> He's anyone, my bus. Anyone um, take like D just kind of alluded to. There aren't many glaring. Matthew Kachuk is your bus. Yeah. Who did I say? Matthew TK. I bet you Brady Kachuk is yes. gonna have Matthew Kachuk is my bus. Matthew TK. Um there aren't many glaring busts at their current ADPs. Uh even Kachuk going to the fifth round isn't horrible. Uh but kind of like B, uh, D just said, um he's getting drafted behind or ahead of guys like Huberto, Timo Meyer, uh, and that makes him a bust for me. T- TK Chuck, I can't say his name anymore since you said Brady, <laughs> Brady TK. TK, it's really messing me up. <laughs> Had 207 shots last year, which is good, uh, but a 16.4 shooting percentage, again, will be tough. Uh, I like him more for about 27 goals, 34 assists, uh, because like I said, or sorry, I'd like him more for 27 goals than 34 goals last year. Also, 43 assists at a 10.2 on a shooting percentage will also probably regress closer to something like 38, so give him 27 and 38. All in all, he's a great player with a bright future, and he's not going to be playing with Gaudreau and Monaghan, and his rates should regress uh just you know he's a guy that isn't going to see top line minutes this year he's just not um and everything is pointing towards some regression obviously uh his possession numbers are phenomenal but um just he he kind of maxed those possession numbers out i think last year yeah it's just like i was talking about with gensel and, and to bring cat uh well, I guess more so to Brinkett because we know Gensel's going to get that extra opportunity on the power play, but it's hard to imagine where Kachuk really, you know, Im- improves this year. He kind of had everything go right for him last season. Uh, you know, barring a Goudreau injury, there's no way he's really going to move up the lineup at this point. They bo- they're both, you know, uh, solely left wingers. Uh, neither of them really play the other side at all. Uh, so, yeah, you know, that's always going to cap and hinder his production. Uh, I think they'll could be a lot less balanced in their deployment this year. So their second line could see a slight boost in minutes. Uh, but, you know, we're talking about he shot 16.4% last year. So there's obviously a lot of risk surrounding it and a lot more risk than you like to take on in a top 60 pick, you know, in the, one of the first, one of your first five picks and he's still unsigned. So uh, again, a great player I'd be happy to have on my team, but just going a little too early for my liking yeah, as well. So the thing is Ben, that. except he's not, um, Ben's not great. <laughs> Beeps, who's the the last bust of the episode? It wouldn't be a uh, it wouldn't be a preview of a position if I didn't shit on a Chicago Blackhawk player <laughs> once all year. Got to do it. Used to always hit Marion Hosa, but since he had his skin condition, I can't touch that one. So I'm going with Brandon. You're making me sad, sod out in Chicago. Um, I'm not really sure. I don't know when this like whole nickname thing started. <laughs> I don't know if it just started on this episode, but I love. It. I used to do it at fantasy football drafts, and you would get so mad at me. I'd be like, "Yeah, give me, the, give me the sad man." And you'd be like, just "Say his freaking name, beeps." Well, that's a little different, but, but uh, on the podcast, it's fantastic. Yeah, um, and they've all been top notch. Yeah, I hope you so keep it strong. I'm gonna do my best. I just don't want to let you down on the other episodes. But um, we talked about it. it's really hard to choose a bust, and realistically, uh, Sod's kind of getting hit hard just because of who he plays for. But um, it's just the guy who's being taken around players that I would like a lot more than him was what it was. And he's in a, a jumble of 50 players where you could take anyone yeah. at any time. Yeah. It all, and they're all going to be ranked differently depending on if you're on ESPN, CBS, yeah. Yahoo. He, he, he never has any power play production. Yeah. Either. He like, never just, has. He, now he's never yeah. even going to. He never has like any play. production ever, <laughs> actually. <laughs> he's a 20 and 20 guy um, in and out, which is great. It's phenomenal. You don't mm-hmm. mind it as like your third forward. But um, 
for me, after 23, 24, and 47 goal season, um, that was supposed to be his revamp year. The year he comes back, goes to Chicago, kills it. I don't see him being much more than that this yeah. year. Yeah, I mean, there's no power play. In a, no in a year where every Chicago Blackhawk seemingly had a career year, he was really underwhelming. Absolutely. The thing is, like, why these guys' right. ADPs get so inflated early on is because standard leagues obviously are, are banger, right? They, they do include hits. It's the same thing with Kachuk. It's the same mm-hmm. thing with Ben. Yep. Uh, and it's the same thing here. But what ends up happening is when you do your drafts with, in your custom yeah, leagues and, so. you know, you have your, your custom scoring, those ADPs and those rankings that you see are still including for the banger stats. And people always tend to, you know, at least... Yeah. People love just taking the guys... It doesn't matter if you're on ESPN. It doesn't matter on Yahoo. The rankings are going to curve the, the draft results. Rostered. Um, yeah. And I personally, he's not worth it for me. Um, yeah. It's a guy who shot under 200 shots last year. It's a trend I see happening again. Yeah. So he if you're not, it's just, ice. it's something you need to consider if, you know, even if you don't want to take our, our rankings by, by law, which, you know, by all means, you don't have to. But even if you're in a, a custom league or, or you know, a, which generally pretty much everyone is. No one does public leagues anymore. But you don't have hits as as a standard scoring format. You need to consider that these ADPs and these rankings uh, take hits into consideration just like their goals, assists, or points or anything else. Uh, so it's always going to be inflated for guys like this, and you got to yep. be on the lookout for it. Yeah, and, and if we have time before the season starts, I, we'll go out and we'll we'll make a dedicated episode. Maybe it won't be long to to banger leagues and try to include those of you that are in them. Cause I honestly wouldn't even. Them. I've never played in one. I wouldn't even know like where to start. Yeah, yeah or like how to appropriately value the boost you get in you know twenty extra hits from this guy as opposed Crap to Dustin Brown. Uh, but yeah. let's just talk Fuck about him. a couple of players uh, before we head out here uh, that we didn't get a chance to get to, but guys that we've been high on in years past and guys that we're high on again this year. Um, Phil's Phil Forsberg is one of those guys. Uh, his ADP is currently 67. Uh, we all expect a little bit of improvement on that Predators power play this year after adding Duchesne. Uh, but Forsberg at this point in his career, uh, you know, he's pretty pretty safely just become a, a reliable 30-30 guy. Uh, nothing more, nothing less. You guys have anything to add on Phil Forsberg? I think he's nah. pretty fair at his ADP there. It mm-hmm. might even be a little bit early for my liking, but I do think there's uh, more upside there. I'm just kind of tired of it, waiting for the Nashville's power play. Uh, another guy that we haven't talked about on this episode is Jonathan Marcheseau, going a couple spots after uh, Philip Forsberg at 72.2. Uh, a guy that should still be on that first line in Vegas, uh, whether or not... Uh, you want to clot, you know, it, it really remains. Can we see, see him play with stone, please? Yeah. That's what I was just going to say. Can it be like him, Carlson and stone? Like, can we get rid of Riley Smith John. for a little bit? Like uh, I would roster William Carlson if that was the case. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then probably one of our favorites on the show, Timo Meyer getting drafted 81st overall right now. I think I have him at like 45 in my rankings. Uh, we have Timo Meyer, uh, as a right winger. Oh, do we have him as a right winger? Yeah, 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 He plays the left wing. All right, we'll get to him on the next episode. You had him in your right wing rankings. We'll get to uh, Timo Meyer <laughs> on the uh, we'll get Timo Meyer on the next episode. Love Timo though. So, you of, know, what? you can have all the airtime he wants. Definitely a left winger, Jeff Skinner. Uh, there you go. 104.6. Yep. Rattled him off yeah. earlier, but we didn't really talk about yeah. him. Yeah. He's a guy that scored a ton of goals last year. Uh, plays with Jack. Eichel. Yeah, I was surprised. I thought more I, people would remember his first half more than a second half, but everyone's got the short-term memory. And, uh, you know, I, I think he, we talk about a lot with these sort of uh, seasons where a guy tears it up for one half and then entirely cool the other half or, you know, year after year. But I, I think the truth lies somewhere in the middle for his first and second half last year. I think he's definitely worth where he's going Well, right now. it's crazy because we were talking about how, when we were talking about Jabrinkat, how – it's hard to find these guys that can score 35 to 40 goals. Yeah. And Skinner's a guy that's done that routinely 
and he's going like 70 spots later. And we all talked about how we thought Eichel should be better this year and has potential to just, you know, really break into the top echelon of players. So Skinner would be the best uh, passenger for that. Skinner's assist total with with Eichel scoring more goals. I mean, we talked about Eichel potentially getting to 40 this year. Uh, So Skinner's another guy going way, way, way too late uh, for my liking. And the last guy I want to bring up is Mike Hoffman. Um, He had a pretty good first year in Florida. His current ADP is 110.2. Yeah. Another guy we're talking about, you know, Mm -hmm. it's hard to find guys that can score 35 goals. All of a sudden, you know, he's another guy that's been consistently 30 goals his whole career. The main reason that I'm scared of the Panthers this year, and I still think Hoffman's like a lock for 30-30, which is great value for where he's going. Uh, Getting back to 70 points last year, he had like 35 or 34 power play points. So I think that's going to be really tough for him. Again, I think that just the ice time at even strength could be a lot more evenly under Quenville. And Chicago's power play was so much worse when Quenville was there as opposed to when Colleton showed up. And it was a trend we saw with Quenville the last few seasons. Really, uh, it was very stubborn and adapting to the 4-1 system. So I don't know what's going to happen in Florida this year. I think there's a real chance they go Yandel and Ekblad on on the power play. I'd expect Hoffman still holds down a a spot just because so a shot good alone. Like it's so hard to yeah. be like, you're gone. Yeah, but like, I, you know, can't you see that happening though? Like, I, oh, I don't, I it's don't, a real concern for me because all of those guys, like all their spike in production, they were all over like 30 power play points last year. Um, and that could very easily get slashed in half under Quenville. Yeah. Uh, a lot I, for, I like, you know, multiple like entire season yeah. forecast under Quenville, but from a fancy perspective, it does make me a little nervous. Yeah. Uh, and their ice even, time probably should have been a little more balanced. But as much as we love it. I think it. the one thing that we can say about the ice time is that it's very evident that their top six is very, very good and their bottom yeah. six is very mediocre. Yeah. Um, so I think it makes sense. Especially to, la- I, I, like the I last think, like, maybe, two seasons like, more so than this year. isn't going to average 20 minutes a game. Yeah. Um, but I could still see Barkoff and Huberdo being leaned on heavily. Uh, Did we talk about Trocheck last week? I, no, we haven't really touched him much. I mean, I like I like where he's going right yeah, now. I think with the healthy season, there. I think he'd be yeah. great. Yeah, and he's going late. But again, yeah, I just I would really just advise against investing too highly in Panthers this season. Aside from Huberdo, just because it's so just off right now. Even yeah. with Barkoff, the value is still half. A little season. bit, yeah. It's just I, I really think they could all just put up like 10 to 15 points less if the power play isn't one of the best in the league, you know? Yeah, but... They should be pretty dominant too. For sure. At the same time. For I mean, sure. There's reason. There's reason to expect them to regress, but there's also reason to expect them to continue. Yeah, that's what I mean. I just I'd be wary of, of uh, like if I'm drafting a team, they if scare me a little bit. If it comes down between bit. a guy that you know yes. is going to do something and a Florida Panther, then you know exactly. maybe lean the guy. You know. As much as I love all those players, I really yes. do. I love, With I, all I love my heart. The Panthers and I love Quinville. <laughs> love Mike Hoffman, Dadanov, Barkov, Troch. They're, they're all great. Great. Yandel Ekblad, mm, love watching them. Very entertaining. But uh, I hope they're right. good. This I year. hope you guys enjoyed the left wing preview. Uh, tune back in in a couple of days where we talk about the other side of the ice, the right wings, uh, and then next week we're gonna get tomorrow. They're supposed to be back to back. I'm holding you accountable. I'm saying it on air right now. So once you edit this one Friday morning, the other one gets done for Saturday. Do it. All right. So D, <laughs> do it. You just put me on the spot. So yeah. it's, it's going down. All right. So next two days you I'm will in. hear. Uh, left wings and yeah. then right wings you got the it. following day. If that's uh, if that's how you want to listen to them, if you want to wait a couple days, go nuts. But, yeah, uh, they'll be there for you to listen to. So I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. 
Uh, I hope, again, please uh, give us a shout out on Twitter um, if you if the audio quality sounds better, if it, if it hasn't improved much, I'd love yeah. to... The intro too. I'd love to know if you liked the intro, uh, let us know everything. Uh, and obviously, uh, it's a little early for drafts. We've had a couple people reach out to us about having drafts come up. So if you've got drafts coming up, uh, reach out to us if you have any questions uh, because obviously we haven't been able to get to you know all the positions before yeah. you've had your draft. So if you have questions, never hesitate to answer or reach out we will answer you yeah we should have uh d and goalie done by the end of next week too so we should be moving on to the fun stuff the fun stuff mock drafts and all and all the good stuff so anyways see you guys back here in one day uh, for the right wing preview episode i'm gonna i'm I'm gonna come at you hard with right baby my fire Episode three of the Daily Faceoff podcast. I'm now joined by Chris Abbott of Odd Shark. Chris, how are you today? I'm so good, Brock. It's great to talk to you again, man. Uh, I hope summer was good to you. Yeah, absolutely. You too. And uh, if you're new to the podcast, uh, Chris will be joining us weekly uh, to discuss his favorite bets, um, you know, across the NHL. So right now during the preseason, we're going to talk a little bit of prop bets um, because we don't really have any games to bet on yet. Uh, so. With us previewing the left wingers today, uh, I ha- asked Chris to take a look at some of the prop bets that you will be seeing uh, coming available in the next couple of days here, uh, and let us know what his favorite picks uh, for left wingers were. Uh, so, Chris, what'd you come up with? You know, there's uh, we're, we're really lucky. First of all, Brock, uh, the timing's great because these numbers are hot off the presses. Um, we've got numbers for the Art Ross Trophy, for the Hart Trophy, for most goals, most assists. Um, yeah, there's a whole bunch of props up at uh, Bodog, and uh, they were the first ones to have it, so I don't mind giving them a shout-out here. But um, obviously, everyone's going to be big on the, the best left winger in the game, and that's Alex Ovechkin. You can get him at 10-1 uh, to win the Hart Trophy. He is the number one left winger there. The rest uh, ahead of him are McDavid, Kucherov, Crosby. Um, I don't know if Ovi's getting a little bit old, um, but I don't mind this at all. For him at 10 to 1. Then you look at a guy like Leon Dreisaitl. Could this be a year that maybe he gets paired up with Connor McDavid this year somehow? And uh, they they find the right right winger and they make it happen. He's 25 to 1 to win the Art Ross Trophy. Um, I really, really like that. And then Ovechkin, he's the favorite to score the most goals at 6 to 1. So um, for him to win the Rocket Richard Trophy, never a bad bet. Preseason 6-1. to one. Now, I know he did get hurt in practice this week. I haven't heard much since then, but uh, that'll be something to consider for sure. 
Yeah, the one thing I, I like about um, Ovechkin winning the MVP is it seems like the Capitals aren't quite as good as they were maybe in years past. Uh, so maybe Ovechkin will have to put the team on his back a little bit more than he has in years uh, previous, and that'll help, you know, makes a better case for him uh, winning the heart. Uh, and then obviously Ovechkin leading the team or leading the league in goals is something that happens uh, more often than not. So preseason six to one, pretty good numbers. And another one for him, I mean, you hate to go with all the favorites, but he's also the favorite to have the most shots on goal at about two and a half to one. And uh, like you said, if he's going to have more on his plate this season, then uh, for him to be the the one to take the most shots isn't bad either. No, not at all. That's something that he does uh, routinely year in and year out. And uh, going back to Dreisaitl for a minute, um, I mean, this is a guy that exploded last year with McDavid, uh, you know, on and off for 50 goals. Uh, so what's what's to say that you know he can't potentially lead the league in goals or even lead the league in points this year? Obviously, uh, probably his biggest competitor would be his own line mate because uh, you figure if Dreisaitl is going off, McDavid probably is as well. Uh, so is that would you ever bet on maybe Dreisaitl leading the league in points or do they kind of just you know offset each other too much? Well, here's the thing with that. Like, it's, okay, for example, say that that line goes off. Uh, Connor McDavid is known to go out with some injuries. So if say they they do kind of like what happens in Tampa that last year where where those guys are leading the way the whole time, um, I know that's asking a lot for Edmonton, but hey, it could happen. There's been a lot of changes there. So I I Drysaddle, I think he's probably on pace to stay healthier. He gets less attention paid to him than McDavid, so I don't mind that at all. But one thing I would take note of too, um, and I'm sure you guys do this all the time, but guys at multiple positions like a Jamie Ben right now is 35-1 to to win the Hart Trophy. Does he have another good season this year? Does he have a hangover from the playoffs? That that one is interesting to me as well because Dallas is on the come-up, right? Yeah, absolutely. Dallas is – we talked about it actually on last week's episode. Dallas is a team that we all uh, are pretty high on. Um, They looked so good last year under new head coach Jim Montgomery. And Ben's coming off a really poor season. Um, So, I mean, obviously you're going to get a ton of value there at 35-1. to So – um, you know, sometimes it's worth taking a little shot in the dark here in the preseason when you get guys, you know, if he gets off to a good start, the Dallas Stars end up winning the West. You never know. And then I look in the, you know, the Johnny Gaudreau and Calgary Flames. Like, was last year kind of uh, a one-off for them? Are they going to be as good this year? I'm not sure what you guys have discussed. I find he's a little bit overvalued in a lot of these. Like, he's 14-1 to 1 to have the most assists. He's up there for the um, for the Art Ross as well. He's twenty eight to one, probably about tenth overall on the list. Uh, he's behind a number of other left wingers, though, uh, including he's tied with Brad Marchand. Uh, I'd be more apt to take Marchand for the Art Ross than I would uh, Johnny Gaudreau, and they're at the same number right now. So, um, yeah, that that's going to be curious to me to see what happens there. I absolutely agree with you on Brad Marchand's um, stand there. Over Gaudreau, I mean, for them to be the exact same uh, value doesn't make a ton of sense to me, just because Marshawn has done it more consistently over the years. Uh, Marshawn's got a legitimate chance to break 100 every year. Uh, Gaudreau does, obviously, as well. Um, I think that Gaudreau, Monaghan, um, they're going to get their numbers. Uh, whether or not the Flames are as good as they were last year, I think all of that's going to come down to goaltending and, and the blue line again. Uh, but I think Gaudreau will still get his points, but... Uh, when it comes, you know, to, to a Dreisaitl or a Marchand who have kind of the same value there uh, to win the Art Ross, I think that they both have a stronger case than Gidro at this point. And then I guess lastly, uh, for awards talk, um, you've got at 13-1, to 1, I've got Taylor Hall. Oh, where did I lose him? 
Uh, is he going to be a guy that comes up with these youngsters for the Devils? Is he going to get back to his to his ways of a couple of years ago? Um, he, right now, we've got him at thirty to one to win the Art Ross. I don't see Taylor Hall winning the Art Ross at all, but uh, he's fourteen to one for the Hart Trophy. That puts him behind only McDavid, Kudrov, Crosby, Ovechkin, Matthews, McKinnon. I think that's a little bit high for Taylor Hall, so I don't know if I'm buying that one. I think that's probably a little bit of recency bias, uh, considering he won it a couple years ago. Um, but, you know, he had a great season going last year until he got hurt. Uh, and I think the one thing about the Hart Trophy is if New Jersey just has a, a you know, half-decent season, if they finish uh, third in the Metro and Taylor Hall goes off for 95 points, I guess you could maybe make an, uh, you know, a case for him winning there. Uh, just because the rest of these guys uh, play on pretty good teams outside of Connor McDavid. So his, his case goes up a little bit just playing on a, a lesser team. And all of a sudden, um, you know, he's back healthy. He's got Nico Heischer in the middle, maybe Jack Hughes in the middle. You never know how good the Devils could be this year. So I think there's a case there. I do think it's a little high. But I think when you're playing on a team that's not quite as good, it should, you know, it inflates their value a little bit. And two guys who aren't on any of these lists that I think are going to have big years, and I'm sure you guys have probably already talked about it, but Alex DeBrinkett in Chicago, Timo Meyer in San Jose, I think they're still flying under the radar um, from a, a league-wide perspective, and maybe not fantasy because they both put up good seasons last year, but I think they're going to be breakout superstars over the next couple of seasons. Yeah, uh, DeBrinkett's a guy who's already kind of broke out a little bit um, last year, and I think sky's the limit for him and on this podcast uh we're just waiting to start printing t-shirts for timo meyer because we've been on the timo <laughs> meyer hype train for about two years now it finally kind of pulled into the station last year and i think it's ready to take off full force this year uh the timo train i absolutely agree with you uh if i could get some money in on him doing anything this year i'd put my money on him just because i love him so much before I did this job with Odd Shark, I was the play-by-play guy for the TV broadcast of the Halifax Mooseheads, and Timo Meyer and Nikolai Ehlers played on the same team, if you can believe that, in junior, and I said at the time that I thought Meyer was more pro-ready than Nikolai Ehlers, and uh, he's making me look good, let's just say that. That's an incredible job. So did you call the game where Ehlers put his stick behind his back and like start stick handling on the other side again? I always talk about that play. That was incredible. Uh, was that one where he came across the middle? We didn't do every game. We, we did uh, maybe like one or one a week. So uh, I did get a Timo Meyer double overtime goal in the playoffs, though. That uh, That's probably my best call of all time. I'll just send that to you. That's awesome. All right, well, sounds good, Chris. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we are going to be back in a couple of days with uh, the same type of content, but for right-wingers this time. So, Chris, look forward to you talking, talking to you again in a couple of days. Great stuff, Brock. Thanks so much, man. Have a great one. You as well. 
Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.